Sarah, we're done. We did it. We, we got made it. it. We made it I am so old and I am so tired of this and I'm very tired. Hi, people, women on top. Yay. Have we had a fun bonus episode for you? Um, We're going to entitle, we're going to title this one. Fuck that guy. (laughs) Like, I'm not really sure. Question instead of exclamation point. Yeah. Um, So before we get into that quickly, bagel guy, did you see it? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Does anyone know what started that? Well, no. And as it turns out, this guy has a whole YouTube channel of him just going off on people and just being uh, a prick. Okay. And I don't know if it's sort of an act or if he is, you know, just your typical creepy, angry white dude. Uh, it sounds like an act. It sounds like an act. But I have to say, I'm really, I'm very, uh, I, I am tired of this. Let's record things and upload it to the internet to get laughs. And of course, when the girl who did it started getting backlash, she said, oh, I was only recording it, you know, just in case, you know, he tried to get the employee in trouble. It's like, no, you did Shut up. You recorded it to do exactly what you did, which was to upload to the internet and humiliate him. And whether he deserved it or not, I'm I'm not even going to get into because I don't know what happened before. Yeah, who knows? You know, you took a clip out of context. I have no doubt he was a total douchebag, but I also have no doubt that somebody behind that counter smirked at his height. I, I have no doubt because we are very, I mean, I don't even know if this is a word, heightist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I don't have a lot of sympathy for men, but I do have sympathy for short men. Yeah. It's you know, not something that can change. It's not something they can change and it is something held against them. And Mm -hmm. it is something that a lot of people use to determine their masculinity and their virility. And it just, it sucks. It sucks. I mean, I, I'll admit that when I was watching that, I laughed because I was like, Oh, look at, look at that little guy. (laughs) Oh my God. You're an asshole. Um, it's, you know, it's just, it's just funny to watch a little guy jump around yelling. Pop off. Yeah. (laughs) And he did pop off. But there, yeah, I mean, admittedly, there is something, and this is not fair, but there is something about short men that makes them comical. Right. But it's the same thing as like obese women. I know. I, it's, right? it's not fair at all. And I, it's, it's deeply ingrained. It's not something I'm proud of. <laughs> it's just, and I'm short is the worst part. I'm only 5'2". Well, that's not really short. That's pretty average, isn't it? Um, no, average average for a woman, I think, is 5'4". So. My grandmother was barely five feet tall. My yeah. sister is barely five feet tall. Yeah. <laughs> and my grandmother's last name was Ladelf. <laughs> so I used to say to my sister, you put the elf in Ladelf. Oh, adorable. <laughs> and mind you, I, it, the last time I said that to her was just a few years ago. So <laughs> I clearly have not become a better person. <laughs> but it's, it's, I, but I mean, it's the same for men and women. Like you see a very short woman uh, jumping around in a deli yelling. Aren't, aren't you going to have the same reaction? Like, oh, that's comical. Look at, look at that little lady. <laughs> well, um, I, I want to be clear. I, 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 I didn't find it funny. I didn't find it funny. Okay. I, 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 I kind of did feel bad for him, but that I'm just sort of wired that way. Like I'm an idiot that way because 
while I don't believe for a second that women on dating sites say, if you're not taller than five feet, kill yourself. I don't believe that for a second. I absolutely believe that women put in their profile, you know, if you're not, you know, 5'11", don't bother. Or I want to wear, you know, I like to wear heels. Mm -hmm. Which is a lie. Which is a lie. Nobody likes to wear heels. Those torture contraptions. Uh, And like you just said, the average height of a woman is what, 5'4"? Yeah. Oh, so... Like, what are you going to be in heels? Five, seven, five, eight. Right. You know, doesn't bother Tracy Pollan and Michael J. Fox. So get over it. Yeah. And I I mean, I think I said this before, but like, if you're going to date a guy who's shorter, you don't have to wear heels. Isn't that great? That's actually, yeah. Isn't that great? And frankly, I think, you know, there's a guy who teaches classes that I take at the gym and he's five, three. And the guy is never without a girlfriend. Never. And it's because he's so confident. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's not something that cannot be overcome, but it is an obstacle. (laughs) Right. It is. It is an obstacle. And I think I I just didn't like the way even the the New York post, you know, you know, and the bagel shop will, will give away a mini bagel. If you mention this, Oh, get it like that sort of stuff. I think it's gross. Uh, you know, and you have to realize that it's bigger than that. Like, yes, this guy was a douchebag, but there are a lot of other men and women out there who are five feet tall yeah. and they're going to feel mocked. And I just don't think that's right. And I'm sure the guy has gone through quite a bit in his life. However, that doesn't give him license or even justify spinning out like a top yeah. and, and yelling at people. It just doesn't. Everybody sucks in that whole situation. And that includes the woman who worked behind the counter. Cause I have no doubt she was laughing at him before. Yeah. But you said he no, had no. a, I'll have to check out his YouTube channel. You said this is just what he does. He just, goes. yeah, apparently he's, he's awful. He's just a bad person. He's a shitty person who just antagonizes people into arguments. Mm-hmm. And that is that. And I just, you know, he's a shitty person, but I also think that and in one of the other videos, I guess apparently he went into Seven Eleven. Mm-hmm. And the guy behind the counter asked him how tall he was. That's so in the video he doesn't he doesn't look tragically short to me. I kind of thought it like part of it was the angle. Um, He's five feet tall, you know, and that for a yeah. man that is that that small. Ugh, yeah, I don't I don't even like saying stuff like that. I don't know. Yeah, he's short, but he's I don't know. He he's an asshole. That short. He's, it seemed like the kind of short that, like, if you're already running around the deli yelling, that people wouldn't take you seriously. Oh, yeah, that's fair, I guess. Yeah, just ugh. But maybe, right. he's, um, maybe he's capitalizing on this with the YouTube channel. Maybe. Maybe. Right? Like, he, he could just be an actor. Who knows? Like, who the fuck knows at this point? I, uh, I, I just, We're I don't know. Find I think out. The truth is we'll, we'll find out. I'm sure all those investigative <laughs> journalists out there will do their job. Um, you know what I found out today? So hmm. you don't watch American Horror Story, do you? Oh, no, I do. I do. <gasps> you do? Because they did the cast announcement today. Oh, that's exciting. I didn't see that. I had okay, a big so, day at work, but you, so, can, you can tell me. You know what the new theme is, right? No. The new theme, they announced this about two months ago. It's called 1984. That's the name of the season. So it takes place in the 80s. And they had the cast sort of coming into a like a bunk at a camp. And they're, 
it's very like the, you know how he's Murphy's very very well known for for the little Easter eggs that yeah. he drops in everything. Yeah. Right. So for the first opening scene is they look to be like they're uh, they're all auditioning for a movie and they're all in these eighties clothes and then it cuts to them in this bunk at a camp one by one and it's Emma Roberts who it baffles me how she still gets work even though I know she's Julia Roberts niece but has everybody forgot that she beat the shit out of her boyfriend yes they have they have all look in the other way on that they're just looking the other way on that because she's white and rich and it fucking sucks and I don't understand why Murphy continues to give her work she ruins everything that she's in um well she was perfect for scream queens i don't know if you watched that but she was the mean girl and that yeah and that i watched that Oof. yeah Oof. that was a terrible with the exception of uh what's his name he played uh glenn or is that his real name chanel's boyfriend oh i don't i don't know chad, I don't remember. Yeah. chad. yeah yeah chad yeah he was the highlight of it for me Uh, but it's emma roberts and gus kensworthy the olympic athlete who looks smoking hot in his little 80s gym shorts i know he plays for the other team i don't care he is smoking hot and sexy and i wasn't looking forward to him being in this and now i'm like okay okay girl give me give me a swirl give me a twirl and a swirl uh kiki palmer she was in screen queens okay and i like her she was in uh masters of sex too i also really really like that mm-hmm. leslie grossman who i just I, again i don't get it i feel like what, Mer- what leslie grossman is the blonde did you watch last season no i'm behind a season Ooh, okay I, so in, i'm in- really looking forward to it but i i happened to cut cable uh, well, Leslie right Grossman this time last year. She's Mary Cherry from Popular, that show from like 15 years ago. Oh, okay. Okay. And she was in Cult. She played the wife married to Billy Eichner. Mm-hmm. Okay. And she's basically she's friends with what's his face? Ryan Murphy. She's been Ryan in all his shows. She stars she does oh, yeah. some sort of appearance in all his shows. Okay. And she plays the same character and she was the problem with Apocalypse last year and I I it had such promise and then it just 100% shit the bed around like episode eight. Hmm. And it's because Murphy adds way too many characters that don't have anything to do with the story that don't push the story along because they're friends. Yeah. And Leslie Grossman is one of those people. And so when I saw her in the cast announcement, in the cast announcement, I was like, ugh, Billy Lord. And she's another one I don't get. I mean, I get her mother's what's her face, Carrie yeah, Fisher, but Carrie Fisher, yeah. I, I get nothing from her. And then the big reveal was Cody Fern, uh-huh. who I really, really like, and yeah, yeah really like. And he was in last season, right? He yeah, he's the star of last season. He played the Antichrist. He played Michael Langdon, and he was so good in it until they completely destroyed his character. Yeah. Anywho, what did you think of um, the cult season? Oof, that was a that was a tough one to watch. Oh God, right? Oof. <laughs> I almost didn't mind having like a year off <laughs> from American Horror Story because Cult was just so brutal. It was brutal, and we it was all too new. Too I think the, the the Trump thing. It's just too new. Yeah, it's too fresh. It was too real. Yeah, yeah. It was some of the most difficult TV. 
Yeah, that was some seriously difficult TV to watch. Um, but, you know, Murphy's always doing the, you know, Murphy's very much a, an ally, so he says. But he wanted to do a, uh, a, a series about Clinton and Monica Lewinsky. And, uh, or, yeah, I, remember or he would. I remember hearing that. Yeah, and he also wanted to do something about Me Too. And it's kind of like, how about you take a seat and let a woman put that together? Yeah. And I think he did. I think he got the backlash. And I think he understood that, you know, you're good, but there, it's time for you to, you need to know when to back off. Yeah. Oh, so, what a perfect segue into what we're perfect segue into what we're about to talk about. Wait, I can see you're totally thrilled about the American Horror Story topic, but you're right. So, what we've learned this week was that Aziz Ansari came back and started doing a a, a tour, mm-hmm. and in the first five minutes of the tour, he addresses the scandal. And for people who aren't familiar, that we're going to post a link to the Babe.net article as well as an article to the Cut that talks about the absent, the demise of Babe.net. Yeah, but uh, he was accused of sexual misconduct by a woman who went out with him after she met him at an Emmy's party. And the thing that he says was that when he was talking to a guy friend, and the guy friend said, "You know what, man? When that whole thing happened." I ran through every date I ever had in my head. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, I, like, I think that's a good thing. You know, as Aziz Ansari said, I think that's a good thing. He goes, and if some good came of it, then, then I'm, I'm happy. He said, but you know, I, I, I felt terrible. Yeah. And you know, the problem with that story is that there it's like, it's just all it, uh, Oh, I don't even know how to address it. You go. <laughs> okay. So the I we talked about this before um, off air, and I I think I said in that conversation that was the feel bad story of 2017 or 2018, whatever yeah. whatever year that broke. Yeah. Um, probably 2017, right? A- anyway. Um, that was the feel bad story of that year in a year of feel bad stories, because we were right in the middle of feeling gratified and vindicated, taking down all of these gross public figures who had been getting away with egregious misconduct for years and years Mm -hmm. and then along comes this story which is reported very sloppily um about a a beloved public figure um and everyone is right in the middle of you know believe her and me too and we get the story and it, it and it's just something about it just rings a little a little untrue. Um, Ooh, that, now that's a big one. That's a theme. Okay. I'm glad you said it. Not me. <laughs> just, a, just a little something about, something about it. It just didn't, it didn't sit right with anyone, I think. And the cut article um, refers to an SNL skit about it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and basically in that skit, someone just mentions his name and and everyone just sort of like looks at the ceiling silently. Like no one knows what to say because this article came out that was, it, it was not even firsthand. It was, it was a um, 
someone talking to Katie Way. So mm-hmm. someone someone was telling her version of the story to Katie Way. And I have no doubt that she went on a date and she was not pleased with the way the date went. Mm-hmm. But there were a lot of questions after the fact about um, her interpretation, whether things were exaggerated. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just... It it was the way it was written. I think it was horribly written. It was completely irresponsible. It doubt the veracity of the story. And like I said, I I mean, there's. I'm not saying like I I don't know Aziz Ansari. So that's that's one thing. (laughs) I have no idea whether he's a creep or not. But the story just it the way it was written was not didn't sit right with anybody. It just didn't make sense, yeah. right? It just didn't make sense. I believe that he was aggressive. Sure. Um, but I, what I don't, and I believe she was, she was giving what she thought was uh, clue, cues, verbal and nonverbal right. cues. Right. So, so the thing is, is that perception, you know, perception I believe people's perception, but it's not necessarily fact. Right. So if somebody says, I, you know, this happened to me and they recount the story and it it just kind of seems a little janky to me. Mm -hmm. I believe that they believe it. You know, I I believe that, but if the story sounds a little janky to me, you know, I can't just, I, I just, like, I don't know, what do we say in situations like that? I mean, I don't think anyone doubted that both parties came away feeling bad. Right. <laughs> but but, but what, uh, I didn't, what really bothered me about that was it wasn't until she got together with her friends and her friends said, this was assault. The, you know, her friends, right. we are so suggestible. And memory, and this is something I'm learning now with this course, memory is so fallible. We, you know, there was a, there was a study, there was a, like some sort of test done where they had two groups and one group was shown a clip of two cars colliding. And the moderator said, what do you remember when, for, when the cars hit each other? And then the second group was shown the exact same clip, but the moderator said, what do you remember when the cars crashed into each other? And the people who were in the second group who heard crash, they said, oh, I remember breaking glass and I remember screeching brakes and I remember all this damage and none of it had happened. But that one word, crash, so influenced their memory. Right. And, And that's... You know, the minute someone, if she's talking to someone, someone says assault, that will absolutely affect her memory. It will. Yeah. Not only that, but I I think um, it's fairly common, probably, for women to come away from situations and reflect on them later and and feel worse than you did before Mm -hmm. or in the moment. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think that's pretty common. <laughs> and let me be clear. I 100% believe this woman. 100%. I, 
I believe her interpretation and her perception of that event. Yeah. There's no question. Well, I, yeah, I think there, there was no reason for her to, to lie. Right. Yeah. What the only, I guess the way, uh, Katie way found her is through Twitter because it, the Emmys were on or something was going on. I don't even remember. Or the golden Globes. It was the golden Globes. And this, the woman who was apparently outed within like a, a few days, And the woman on Twitter said, oh, my abuser just won a Golden Globe. You know, and it's kind of like when James Franco, you know, James Franco won a Golden Globe. Yeah. And then people came out, oh, you know, my abuser. And then you hear that story and it's like, well, wait a minute. You guys are like hooking up in a car because you were dating and he like nudged your head down to give him a blowjob. Like that was her story. It's like, you've come on. What like what do you talk when you you can't say that's my abuser yeah. and use yeah the I mean there is a yeah there's a distinction between aggression and abuse mm-hmm. that I think that that are, that article did not make and it sounds like that tweet didn't make it either right. I'm not saying aggression is good okay yeah not, yeah we're not saying not that okay. it's in any way okay but it's just different. You know, and I just, I I think I just, as somebody, you know, as somebody who survived sexual abuse, and I hate even the word survived, like I went, well, I guess I did go, I don't know, Jesus, listen to me, as somebody who experienced that. So when I hear people, you know, call James Franco an abuser because he pushed her head down to give him a blowjob while they were dating, while they were in the middle of like fooling around, I find that so offensive. (laughs) You know, because that, yeah, I think a lot of people responded to the babe.net Aziz story similarly because it 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 didn't really seem to fit in with the rest of Me Too. It it was the tipping point for Me Too. Yeah, and it was the tipping point down. <laughs> you know, because- yeah, I I remember reading it and and kind of thinking initially like, well, this this is going to call everyone else into question. Right. Everyone else is going to have to now double prove their allegations because this thing is so, so sloppily put together um, and so poorly written. Yes. That it's going to undermine all the progress that's already happened. Right. And I'm, I'm reading this and it says, uh, they came home from dinner. I guess he like rushed through dinner and got her back to his place. Yeah. And she was that way. And she made a comment about the countertops. And I guess he took that as a sexual invitation. And let me be clear, like, I definitely get the get the feeling he's super awkward when it comes to sex and women. Um, like, I just get the feeling he tries too hard, maybe. Um, you don't agree? Hello? <laughs> I, got, I got a different um, sense of him. What sense did you get? Well... And again, like it's it's so hard to base any opinion on this story because it, it's it's very poorly written. Mm-hmm. Um, but it sounds like from what's written that um, he sees an opportunity with a fan, right? Um, and she, sounds like she's more into it initially than he is, 
And so he assumes like, oh, this this will be easy. Right. And of course, we'll have sex right away. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the impression I got of him was just that he was a, a little, you know, a little presumptuous. Yes. And a little full of himself. Yep. And just thought like he wouldn't have to put in any time or effort mm-hmm. really because she was pursuing him. And he was famous. Right. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. The... Uh, what's what I just the the whole when I reading it though what it just felt like I guess the question that kept coming up throughout this essay and after this essay was published was why didn't she leave right you know and like I don't know is it is it fair to ask that I don't know like I don't know no what, <laughs> it's not it's not fair to ask that <laughs> no I don't think so because because again i i think you would be you have a hard time finding a woman mm-hmm. anywhere in america who didn't have a sexual experience leave after it was over reflect on it later and think yeah, i don't i don't really like the way that went yeah after yeah that. yeah i agree i agree i mm, okay hmm <laughs> I don't know. I guess I kind of feel differently. I guess I kind of feel like he was being very clear that he just wanted to get laid and she was looking for something else. And I, what I think was she stuck it out because she wanted it to be more than oh, like a one night thing. She wanted to be something more than just a hookup. That's, that's my reading as well. Yeah. And so that's why. But she- hope, but hope doesn't <laughs> doesn't make that so, right? Lots of people have hoped that their fuck buddies or their one night stands would turn into a relationship. Yeah, I mean a career not, on that. It's not. All- <laughs> yeah. So the the article really is it's just all over the place, and the author, the woman who wrote it, turned out to be just such a flaming asshole. And she went after Ashley Banfield and just made remarks about, you know, how that second wave feminist with the bad highlights and the bad lipstick, whatever. It, it, she, when we get into, we're getting into the next topic, which is now babe.net um, went out of business, shockingly. Yeah. And apparently behind the scenes, the babe.net offices was a hotbed of sexual misconduct. Yeah. So that makes this story that much more egregious and much more, much worse because y- you were guilty of the very things that you're reporting on. Not you, yeah. but I mean your, right. your site. <laughs> um, and we'll link to this, but th- it, this it, far too long <laughs> article on the cut. Mm-hmm. talks about how, you know, this office was run by millennials, like young kids, but of course, who were the owners of it were men, two young guys. Yeah. And it was basically the way, I, the way I looked at it, it was basically a um, dating service for the two men who own the, who own the site. That's kind of what it turned into. Yeah. It really did. Especially was- since they weren't paying anybody. They weren't paying. I think they were paying them. They just weren't paying them much. They were, they were paying a few writers, it sounds like, but it, it also sounds like they had a, a, a number of people contributing regularly just just to participate, just to have their work out there. 
Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> I re- as I was reading this, the author of the, the articles, she, what does she write? She writes about how, you know, every, every decade there is a, there's a site for women. <laughs> and it says, it says every internet era gets the insurgent women's site. It deserves Jezebel broke new ground with an article about a tampon stuck up a writer's vagina. Now that's not true. That was XO Jane. Hmm. And I actually like tweeted at them and I said, that's not true. It's XO Jane. They didn't even, they didn't even fix it. And apparently, I don't know. I don't know how you did, couldn't know that if you did even a mo- just like the slightest bit of research. Um, XO Jane, a micro generation later, outdid that with a cat hairball found in the same cavity. Mm-hmm. The betches defended their right as feminists or not, who cares, to Brazilian wax their vaginas via sorority girl screeds. Like the betches, babe.net certainly wasn't built to be feminist in any kind of traditional sense. After all, Murdoch was a funder and anarchic page view getting was the ethos. And yet babe.net was created during an era when to be a woman saying just about anything online was now theoretically classified as feminist. Yeah. I just, reading that first half, I just felt so glad I was old. Right? <laughs> yeah. That sounds because like... They, you know, they, they talk about how they're they're sort of sourcing these college students to write for free. And there's all this one-upmanship about, like, who can create the most outrageous content. And I, I completely get how 20-year-olds are falling for this. Right, but... But keep in mind, it wasn't just 20-year-olds because Exo Jane, these were women in their fucking 30s. 30s and even, like, Mandy Stadmiller was 40. Well, but I think they were at least getting paid. At least. I'm I'm talking specifically about the the college students who are just trying to study journalism. And they're looking for (laughs) a byline, yeah. whole of one-upmanship and and you know the internet is forever so i just am really glad that i'm old because i totally could see myself at 20 doing this yeah you know you you read the uh the bits with katie way who wrote the piece and she she seems uh incredibly shocked that uh the piece has followed her it's almost like the internet is forever (laughs) Like she's here's a twenty something girl, and she's like, uh. and you know she's she's bothered by it, and she's she's getting DMs about it, and it's it's gonna haunt her for the rest of her career. Yeah, well, the I mean, because the reaction to that story was pretty negative, <laughs> right? There were there were people who flat out called it a lie. There were people who were like, I don't uh, something's weird about that. There were people who believed it all and then you know they were they were mad at disease on sorry but like no one came out of that feeling good yeah no one came out of that feeling good mainly because of what it did to the me too movement yeah it just it set us back it, just, it, it set us back it was a mistake. <laughs> and it was a, a, a case of you know you're you're and I think even the cut said that this fell in, in it couldn't be classified as sexual assault or sexual misconduct. Right. You know, even the cut said that we really, we just, but the good thing that came from it is that 
it is that in between error, like that essay. What was it called? Cat people by uh, Rebecca Tra- Rebecca Traster. The, something it had to do with cats. I think I, it, it was on New York Magazine, and it was that it was a he said she said situation about the guy she was dating, and she had sex with him, but she really didn't want to. It was consensual. But it wasn't like enthusiastic consent. Yeah. And I think it really opened the conversation to about enthusiastic consent. So something good did come from it. And I just feel like the Ansari piece, when I'm reading this, I I don't know. I like it almost it was very clear they wanted to present this as he's a sexual assaulter. Right. They had a, they had a, they were clear and that's really not a journalist's job. A journalist's job is to be unbiased and that you could yeah. tell that writer was like, Nope. And then she said, and I, we couldn't believe it. We you know we just wrote this for our audience and apparently other people read it too. <laughs> it's like, what, what did you think was going to happen? Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I believe that. Yeah, right. Like, don't tell me you weren't chomping at the bit the whole time. Like, oh my god, this is totally going to make my career. Right, I'm going to get a job. Great timing. Right, I'm going to get a job at the Atlantic. Right. Yeah. What is she working at? Is it? Did they say she's working at like some cannabis site now? Uh, (laughs) Way now works at a cannabis site. Yep. (laughs) Yowza. Well, that's not what you thought it was going to (laughs) be. That didn't turn out the way you thought it would, did you? Did it? I just, I just feel bad for everyone. Yeah, the whole <laughs> everyone involved, everybody involved. You know, I because, including cannabis site writer. I, I just all of them because, and here's what it comes down to is that, and this is the thing about those sites, and we just said in that comment, you know, where they said we're Murdoch. It's all about page views, you know, Murdoch and Jane Pratt. Jane Pratt was a fucking pimp. Jane Pratt yeah. exploited vulnerable women period. And so did their editors. I remember, did you remember Mandy Statmiller wrote an essay for New York magazine and she called it something like yeah. human trafficking. About- she has talked about it a lot. Yeah. And did you say she has, or I have? She has. And yet she was almost bragging about how she goes into these Facebook groups and it's clear she probably goes into like rape survivor Facebook groups or like mm-hmm. cancer survivor, whatever. And that's how she gets these stories. That's how she commissions people. And it's gross. it's disgusting. It was disgusting then. It's disgusting now. And uh, I'm glad her book, uh, I don't know. I don't know if it failed. I don't know if it's successful or not. Um, just don't give her a dog. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Yeah. So anywho, um, these sites really are about how do we exploit women for page views and fuck what happens to them? Who cares? Who cares if they ruin their careers? And there were so many essays on sites like the Frisky, the Frisky, the Frisky and Exogene, where you're just kind of like, um, you know, your employer's going to see this, right? Like, mm-hmm. I can remember there was an essay on Exo Jane from this 23-year-old woman talking about what a batshit crazy boss she had. Took a half a second for people to figure out who she was talking about. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> and that was that. And yeah. these sites just don't care. They don't care about women. 
These women sites mostly don't care about women. Is is there an equivalent site for men? Is there a site where men are just sharing firsthand accounts of there, wacky things? Well, there used to be a happen. site called Ask Men. Is that still a thing? I don't know. You know, but Babe.net is not the only site that had this kind of atmosphere. I remember stories from, I used to read a, a column from a woman who worked for Elite Daily. Uh-huh. And Elite Daily sounded like a fucking cesspool, too. And she was yeah. always talking about how she was always getting shit-faced at work. And because they had their little happy hours. And again, it was like a bunch of dudes and a handful of women and, you know, gross. It was awful. So I think, like you said, everybody involved, I do. I feel bad for it because this is going to follow them. They'll never shake this. No. Ever. No. I mean, Aziz seems fine. He's he's back at it. I I wasn't sure he would be. Because we didn't hear from him for a very long time. But that's a strategy, and I think it's a good strategy that uh, celebrities employ when, like, there's a, when there's a, you know, there's drama. Their PR people yeah. say, okay, just go away. Just go away for a while. And, yeah. uh, you know, and I can remember, I think J-Lo did that. I think around the Ben Affleck thing. Oh, and yeah. After Geely, and they, they were just like, just go away. Just go away. Not, not so much to let people forget about you. But the more you're out there, the more you're aggravating people. So just go away. Well, not only that, but the longer you stay away and silent, the more grateful people are going to be when you return and give them very little explanation. Right. <laughs> very few sound bites. Right. And in that time. Which is what Aziz did. He talked about it for two, three minutes. And that was it. Yeah. And. I'm okay with, I'm like, I don't know. Do we need to give him a second chance? Like, is this a, do we give, like, do we put him and Casey Affleck on the same? What do we do there? I don't know. I, I really enjoyed him before this whole thing went down. I, I really liked him on Parks and Rec. I thought his stand up was pretty good. I liked um, his book, what was it? Modern, modern love or modern romance mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, and I really liked master of none mm-hmm. and it just, you know, he was so lauded on, um, with master of none for the diversity of his mm-hmm. team, mm-hmm. both in the writer's room and on the show itself. And so it, it just was devastating yeah i remember when he won the emmy <laughs> when he won the emmy for uh, writing he won it with lena breathwaite am i pronouncing that yes. correctly and well i'm not sure but yeah he completely stepped aside and let lena take the whole time to accept the award right. and i was like oh okay you know i thought that right. was cool he, he seemed like a pretty good dude he seemed like a pretty good dude but that's and there again and the, even in the um in the one of the articles about about this whole thing, he actually did this in the Master of One. He actually addressed this. It's like, what do you do when there's a celebrity that you think is great, and then you find out they're actually really an asshole? Yeah, you know. And well, that's also if you um, continue watching his most recent Netflix show, he talks about Michael Jackson and R. Kelly. Oof. Why? Why does he do that? <laughs> Well, because it, it's the same question. It's what's what's the point at which you cancel someone? And so he did a show of applause. Who's who's done with R. Kelly? And probably more than fifty percent of the audience clapped. 
who's done with Michael Jackson? Dramatic decrease in applause. Yeah. <laughs> and he asked people, what's the difference? Um, and But of course, you know, he was on stage, so it wasn't like a conversation. Mm-hmm. But I think the difference is death. I think people feel free to listen to Michael Jackson without guilt because he can't hurt anyone else because he's dead. I think it had, well, I think it has a lot more to do with the fact that he was such a singular artist and in the black community, how many artists have come out and had their work completely ripped off by white people. And nobody could do that to him. Nobody could do that to him. Nobody can do that to Prince. Nobody can do that to Beyonce. And so when an artist comes along who is that singular, they become, they become, I mean, he's obviously an icon, but they become very mm-hmm. important to that community because of what they, the, the success that they represent. And so I think there will always be undying loyalty from the black community. And like, that's one of those things when I see it on Twitter, I, I just go, I'm not, and I'm an abuse survivor. And I just go, you know, um, I'm just going to stay out of that. <laughs> I don't feel like I have a right to have an opinion on that. You know? Yeah. So, well, I think the difference is that he said. <laughs> well, I think the other difference is R. Kelly is, we, we're, uh, like, it's very different now. I mean, we're seeing, we're, we're, we're listening to his survivors talk and we see how tortured they are. But, but we have known what he was doing for years like i i remember being like 10 mm-hmm. and getting into a very minor argument with my stepsister about it mm-hmm. she's like five years older than me she she put on uh a cd that's how long ago this was of r kelly and i was like oh isn't like didn't he marry like a 12 year old oh yeah and i i don't yeah i don't remember what she said but i was like no that that's gross you need to throw that CD in the right. track. We always knew he was gross, right? We always knew he was gross. It's kind of like Harvey Weinstein. We always knew he was yeah. a fucking bully. We always knew yeah. that. We never heard this, the, the, the stories about jerking off into a plant after he'd cornered somebody. We never heard the stories about him um, raping women. We never heard those stories yeah. because he did such an, an astonishing job of covering it up. So... Well, I think this, this might be, um, it, it might just be a classic abstraction, right? Like, you can hear about war, but until you see photos. It's just not real. It's not right. real. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you, you can hear about a, a sex queen, mm-hmm. but until you get a specific anecdote involving a plant, yeah. the full horror what do you think of, doesn't really come into focus. What do you think is going to happen with Kevin Spacey? I don't know. I mean, he's also gone away for a long time. I I think it would be okay if if he just uh, was done. Yeah, you know, he, he's he's had enough time. He's made enough money. He can give someone else a chance. Yeah, uh, I think that story Anthony Rapp came out with was. I think we're done. I think we're done with Kevin Spacey. I I think that would be fine. Yeah. He clearly <laughs> yeah. molested a fourteen year old boy. Yeah, I think it would be fine if he would just uh, yeah. have a seat. Did you watch that uh, YouTube video he did right before House of Cards dropped on Netflix, the final awful, terrible last season? 
I think I saw clips of it. I didn't watch the whole Ooh, thing. That boy, he that man is delusional. He is he's not going down without a fight. And that's probably the wrong phrase to use, but um, <laughs> he's not going away well, easy. But, but is that true? Because he's because he's been gone. We haven't heard anything from him. Uh, yeah, which is fine. But I don't know. I could I could actually see him. I could actually see him trying to make a comeback. Um, at least he's not in that Quentin Tarantino movie. Oh, fucking, we're not even going to talk about that. And that is, I think, a great place to end. <laughs> we're coming in right under the wire. We're going to try and keep these shorter. Guys, thank you for checking in. We will post a link to this on Instagram. And um, I missed the comments, so feel free to leave comments on Instagram. Uh, definitely follow us on Instagram, Women on Top Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Women on Top Pod. Join the mailing list and womenontoppodcast.com and Patreon, Patreon, Patreon. I hate to, you know what? Fuck it. No, I am a woman and I will say, I want to be paid for my work. We want to be paid for our work there. And it's okay for us to say that. Yeah. It would be right? nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, folks. Thank you. Oh, so much. Have a lovely weekend and we'll talk soon. Goodbye, Sarah. Bye.